one thing the experience also taught me, it's also really important to listen to your inner voice. Don't ignore that inner voice because if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't sit right, it's not going to end up being the results you want. It's going to manifest in every area of your business. So that was also an important lesson I learned when I did switch to the Christian mompreneur niche because I wanted to make sure this felt aligned and this felt right. And my inner voice was saying, yes, this is the path for you. When I did the side gigs, it just felt slightly off. I didn't feel super connected and that showed everywhere. Hello there, content creators. You're listening to the She's Got Content podcast, where it's all about creating content for your coaching business. I'm your host, Dr. Melissa Brown, and I'm here every week to help you get your content out of your head, out of your heart, and out there into the world, where that information and your services can impact the most people. Get ready to take notes today and then take action, content creators. Let's dive in with today's episode because you've got content to get out there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the She's Got Content podcast. My guest today is Celia Varghese, who probably has a cappuccino in her hand right now. That's because she's a coffee-loving, laid-back, Jesus-loving, nerdtastic cheerleader. And if you don't know what a nerdtastic cheerleader is, let's just say you'll definitely want one of those on your team. They make the very best coaches. Celia is not only a trained, certified life coach, she's also a board-certified psychiatrist with training in cognitive behavioral therapy and psychodynamic psychotherapy. As a Christian mompreneur coach, Celia now integrates her experience and her vast skills to help Christian female entrepreneurs navigate motherhood and business without sacrificing themselves or their faith. Welcome, Celia. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Melissa. I love being here. Great. Well, I'm sure that the listeners here are wondering about this leap, this leap that you've taken from psychiatrist to coach. So I'm just going to have you go right ahead and take over here and tell us how that came about. There's got to be a story behind how you got involved with coaching and coaching Christian mompreneurs in general. So tell us. There's definitely a story. I started out my first job as an attending working at the VA and over time I started to burn out and I was struggling with the burnout. At that time I saw this blog post about one of the physicians using a coach. I'm like, oh, wow, I've never heard of that. I reached out to that person. I started coaching and that was just so, so helpful with the burnout and just dealing with everything going on at that time. It helped that she was a physician too. So she understood where I was coming from. Oh, this coach that you hired, she was also a physician. Yeah, she specialized in burned out and working in the healthcare system. So I thought she would be a perfect fit at that time. Excellent. Okay. Go on. Go on. (laughs) It was so great. She helped me see my job wasn't all bad, that it was good and bad. She helped me see the positive aspects I've been doing at my job. And what I really appreciated at that time is that she helped me see how I was helping the patients versus putting it all on me and like how stressed I am, how everything is going on, where I was just feeling so tired and drained. Although even though at the very end I decided to leave, I felt like I left on better terms than I normally would have had I not had a coach. And just having that support and just someone who understood really made a huge difference. 
So because mm. of her coaching and just being through that experience, I have training in therapy and have done that, but this was a totally different feel to it because this was more positive focus and goal focus in a sense. Like what mm-hmm. do you want your future to look like? How do we deal with what's happening right now? I wanted to know more about it. So I left my job and a month later joined life coach school and started my training and three months later got pregnant. So <laughs> I was basically dealing with the pregnancy while being in school as well. At that time, I wanted to help physicians have a side gig and be able to explore that and see if they wanted to career transition later on. That was suggested to me by my marketing coach at that time. This was in 2021. I wasn't too keen on it, but I was okay with it because before that, my original niche was career transition because I was like, all right, I'm just going to do coaching forever and I'm not going to do anything else. But then he mentioned about the value of sidekick. Maybe people are not ready to completely career transition. Maybe sidekick might be a better route. So I did that, but I did that against my better judgment and I felt that it wasn't right. And as I was working through it, it just did not resonate with me. And I could feel it and see it through my business. Like doors were closed. It was just not much movement was happening. So I attended this Christian coaching challenge on a random. And when I attended it, I felt like this was my community. Like they understood me, they got me and The coach was actually coaching people on their niche at that time. And I spoke about my niche. I just don't feel aligned with this. This does not feel right. And he's like, what do you want to do? I'm like, really? I want to help Christian moms who are struggling with their business and with motherhood and trying to make it work together, especially with young babies. Because I think my son was under one year old at that point. Trying to juggle bulls was a full-time job. And that felt really passionate to me because once you become a mom, it's a totally different ball for your life. It's just so different. No one tells you about it until you actually live it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I can relate to this because my oldest was 10 months old when I started medical school. Oh, wow. There were a handful of us females in the medical school class and no one, hardly anybody was married and nobody had a child. That was initiation under fire. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I started my residency, I had two. Wow. Um, yeah. That's a lot to juggle that in med school and residency. Yeah. Yes. And there was nobody doing coaching back then. You just had to kind of wing it. Right. But if there had been someone like you who was available to help somebody like me, and I know there were a lot of women out there who need that kind of service. But okay, I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> Go back to the story. So he was coaching me and I was feeling more aligned with it, but I wanted to make sure that this felt right. So with more coaching and prayer, I finally decided to shift my niche to help Christian mompreneurs who are struggling with motherhood and entrepreneurship and trying to manage that together without sacrificing themselves and their faith. Ever since then, I felt like this is where I'm called to be and to help those who need the help. One thing the experience also taught me, it's also really important to listen to your inner voice. Don't ignore that inner voice because if it doesn't feel right, if it doesn't sit right, it's not going to end up being the results you want. It's going to manifest in every area of your business. So that was also an important lesson I learned when I did switch to the Christian mompreneur niche because I wanted to make sure this felt aligned and this felt right. And my inner voice was saying, yes, this is the path for you. When I did the side gigs, it just fell slightly off. I didn't feel super connected and that showed everywhere. That's such a great point because if there's an internal conflict where you're not feeling aligned with the direction your business is going, there's going to be all sorts of roadblocks (laughs) 
that you think, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Right. You can look at, there's an internal struggle here that's going on. And with coaching, it sounds like you saw a different path to take and you feel like, oh, I finally arrived. I've got my people. I know where my people are. And I love that you were able to find that. Sometimes people go down a path and they're like, well, I'm too deep into this now. How can I extricate myself from it? So kudos to you for discovering that. And that experience can actually help you help other women too, who may be also not feeling aligned with their niche. Right, right. Because there's a point in time where you need to pivot or you need to explore why it's not working. But if you're pivoting for the wrong reasons, then that's going to show because everything comes down to the core being how do you feel about what you're doing? How do you feel about your business? How do you feel about your niche? How do you feel overall with the direction it's going? And then everything else stems outwardly. So okay. it's definitely important to realize why you're doing it and for the right reasons. Like for side gig, I knew from the beginning. And I think the lesson I learned is also learning to speak up for myself and learning to be like, no, this doesn't sound right to me. Even though when I was listening to the marketing coach, I trusted him because he knew more than me. But yet my inner voice and what my intuition was telling me was, no, this doesn't feel right. You don't really believe in it. So how can you let this be your business? Whereas when I pivoted to the Christian mompreneur niche, that felt right. That felt aligned with what I believe and what I'm experiencing. And I could see myself really helping the Christian mompreneurs and also just as a preventative to get coached on it, to make sure I'm doing it for the right reasons. So I think discerning that and having a good awareness of that, because sometimes when things are not working out, you just want to pivot to something else and try right, something new. Right, right. And you don't want to just be running away from something that feels hard because online business coaching, if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it, right? There's a journey here and it's not meant to be completely a piece of cake. Right. And sometimes as online business owners, we kind of like, oh, I don't want this to be so hard. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Let me look over here. This looks easier. I should do that. Right. With a good coach like yourself, then you can help people kind of work through that. And it sounds like you had a really good coach helping you through that. And for all the right reasons, you made the pivot. Yes. When business owners make a pivot, there's all that rebranding to do. And so I know that part of your rebranding was to create a quiz. And that's the thing that I really want to hone in here on today for our listeners, because I think for a coach to have a quiz is a great idea. It's a great lead magnet. It helps to segment your audience. So let's talk a little bit about your quiz. Tell us about your quiz, how you decided to create this quiz, and go ahead and tell us all about it. Okay. With the quiz, I had tried so many different lead magnets before, like a PDF or workbook, and it didn't resonate the way that I thought it would. And I came across Linda Sidhu, who had Quizlab. I enrolled in it and she taught me everything I knew about quizzes. What appealed to me about quizzes is that there's just so much fun to take. Remember back in the day when we were young and we'd be like on Cosmopolitan and you'd be taking a quiz and see what you're Oh, yeah. <laughs> or sitting at the airport and you're just like flipping through a magazine and you took a quiz just while you're waiting for your flight to come. Oh, yes. It's fun. It's enjoyment. Yeah. That's what I wanted for my audience. A quiz that they love, that they enjoy. And that's not like super long or takes too much time because 
sometimes with lead magnets, you give a lot of value, but it requires you to do a lot of work in the beginning. And depending on where you are in life, if you're a busy mom with young kids, it may not be too doable to work through a worksheet at that point. But if you do a quiz, you have an idea of where you're landing at and you have the results page where it'll be fun to read. It won't take too much time and it fits into your schedule as well. Great point for the busy mompreneur. They don't have a whole lot of time. So taking a two or three minute quiz and do you have a video on your results page? No, that's definitely on my to-do list. I have mostly different sections on the results page. Or I'm even thinking on the results page for your audience, an audio. Right. Something that they can listen to while they're changing diapers or they're doing other mom things as they're trying to catch up on some things on their business. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a note of that. (laughs) Yeah. We always have to think about what the audience what they need in terms of their time and what are the things they have on their plate. And we know that a mom of a small child, baby, infant, toddler, small child, they have limited amounts of time to do certain things. So you're very smart to do a quiz that only takes a few minutes and then have the results that are customized based on their answers. Right. You brought up a great point with segmentation because Since you have the results of the quiz, you have different aspects of the personality of who fits into what. So you actually tailor your emails to those who've taken your quiz. Absolutely. What is the name of your quiz and what are the different results? How many results, I guess? Let's focus there on just how many results, because I know if you're creating a quiz and you have a lot of different results, that's a lot of work. How did you hone in on that aspect of it? My quiz has four personality results. So I focused on four because four seems to be a good number. And I did it based on their personality. So the results that I have are trailblazer, torchbearer, servant leader, and tactician. And a trailblazer is someone who's visionary, who makes quick decisions, who's confident, who knows what they want in business and in motherhood. A torchbearer is someone who's more like the person who's the light of the room. When you walk in, you know that person is definitely the one you need to speak to and is mm-hmm. great with connecting and has a referral network. And okay. a servant leader is the cheerleader who cheers everyone on and is so supportive of you and who is the one you turn to because she'll listen to you. And a tactician is the one who loves data and analysis and results. She's the one who, if you have a question about how many people are opening my emails, is this good, not good? This is what Google Analytics is telling me. She's definitely the one to go to because she knows how to read it. Okay. All right. I love that. Is that based on DISC assessments? Yeah, that's based on the DISC assessment. Love it. Love it. Okay. So you've got your four different results. What's the name of your quiz? What is your God-given entrepreneurial gift? Okay. So a mompreneur comes along, sees your quiz, and they're like, hmm, I wonder which one of these I fall into. And how long does it take for them to take your quiz? How many questions are there? There's nine questions and generally less than two minutes. Okay. Super short. Okay. And then they get their results page. And then you said you have different email sequences that go out based on which personality type they fit into. Is that correct? Yes. So I have a welcome sequence, which is five emails and therefore each of the personality type. And it's Mm -hmm. a little bit tailored towards them. So given what I know about the results, it changes the tone and language of the emails itself. And I also have a nurture sequence, but that's a little bit more broad. But the welcome sequence is more for the personality types. Okay. 
And they okay. also get as their first email, their quiz results, just in case they don't want to look back at it again. It's always there in their email. Great. Okay. So Celia, it just seems like there's a lot that goes into creating a quiz. We have already talked about, well, you've got four results. Some people may think that they've got a lot more results. Of course, a lot more results are going to mean a lot more work. What's the most important thing to know before you start creating your quiz? The most important thing to know before starting your quiz is really knowing your ICA, which is your ideal client avatar, and knowing their pain points, what they want. In my case, like motherhood and business, their transformations, what worked, what didn't work. So what's really good is to actually speak to your ICA and get a sense of where they are and hear their words and hear how they're conveying it to you. And if that doesn't work, you'd always do a survey. But talking to your ICA is definitely vital because... What you think they may be struggling with may be different from what they're actually experiencing. And once you have a decent amount of ICA interviews you've done, then go through the data, go through the research, and then figure out, all right, maybe I should make my quiz based on what to do when you're struggling with trying to balance motherhood and business. Or maybe I should make my quiz on you're struggling with mom's guilt. How do you cope with that? Or different aspects that you notice throughout the interview. So that's definitely one of the most important things because that defines your messaging, your positioning, everything, and also even how your quiz will perform. Okay. So when you said a decent number of ICA interviews, what would that look like? I know you can't give an exact number, but what Maybe would you like suggest? Minimum five would be good. Ten okay. would be great. But All like, right. So we're not talking 100. It's five oh, no, to no, no, 10. No. no, if you can find 100, then you're probably going to have the best quiz ever in there. <laughs> Right. The online. But you don't need that. Five to 10 would be plenty. So how do you go about scheduling these ICA interviews? I asked those who I think would fit that profile and send them an email and ask them and then send them a scheduling link for them to hop on a call for 30 minutes. And sometimes I would post in groups that I'm in, hey, does anyone fit this criteria? And are they willing to talk to me in regards to market research? And many people are really, really helpful and love to help. So that's been pretty nice to hear. And also when you get on the call, you kind of know when you're speaking to that person, like, yes, this is definitely the person I want to work with. Yeah. Versus yeah. like, okay, maybe this is a bit off, but like most of the time I'm like, yes, this is definitely the person. And so you jump into a Zoom room and yeah. then record it so you can actually remember or transcribe it so that you can get the exact words that they used. Yes. Definitely a Zoom call and recording it because there's so much happening in those like 30 minutes that it's easier to go back and either transcribe it or write down notes from it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you do your research. You've got the ideal client avatar, five to 10 interviews, looking for different phrases, different words, pain points, how they describe it. Mm -hmm. And then you sift through this information and then you decide how many different personality types you want and which direction, depending on the research that you've done, it sounds like you then you could say, well, I want to focus this personality type. I want to focus this with them and that with another personality type. Is that how it works? Kind of. So it's like taking all the data and then seeing where most of them fit, having the broad outline and then focusing on the four personalities. And you kind of even see when you're Focusing on the four personalities, for example, Trailblazer, how they're like a visionary and they quick to make decisions and 
really know what they want. You see how the ICA fits into that and then you tailor your results into it. So you take different points and see where they are at and then put it together. How difficult was it to come up with questions and then the answers that would help put people into certain, I hate to call them buckets, but you know what I mean, separate them into the different personality types? That part took a little bit of time and reflection to definitely come up with the questions and putting them in the buckets. I think it helped going back to the ICA interviews and seeing what they said to help me pick certain questions and see where they would land. A lot of it's also trial and error because even though you have the quiz and the questions, once you put it out there, it's also testing to see what's resonating and what's not resonating. Okay. That was another question I was going to ask. So you put it out. You've got to launch it at some point, and then you're constantly looking at your results, how many people have taken it, what the results are. The people that you then meet, you go back to look at what personality they have, and did this really reflect their visionary or their trailblazer? You got it. So you're constantly then checking and revising and tweaking, I'm assuming, or you're constantly getting data. That's what's... Yeah, you're constantly getting data. Whether you need to change or tweak it, that all depends on the data that you get. Yes, because I realized there was a question I had, how does your bestie describe you? Mm -hmm. That was my first question. But after looking at the data, I I realized that might actually be your turnoff and people not taking my quiz because I didn't take into account that sometimes in motherhood, it could be a bit lonely along with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. and Their friendships may not be as strong as they were when you might have been younger. So that question actually turned out to be maybe not the best first question to have. So I took that out, put something else, and then that actually ended up with better results. So you had tried PDFs or worksheets or things like that in the past and not gotten real good results with people taking the opportunity to opt in. How's it going now with the quiz, having a quiz? Going better. My conversion rate is 65.2, which is... Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Thank you. Thank you. So that's been really good. I think it's different from the norm because you have a lot of PDFs and courses and stuff, but there's not too many quizzes out there. Yeah. And the fact that it doesn't take too much time and it's fun, I think that plays a lot into it as well. As we talked about before, knowing your audience and knowing the amount of time that they have, and it's just a few minutes of their time to find out more about themselves with your particular audience, especially. I think you're playing right into their needs right, right. there. So a 65% conversion rate, that sounds like amazing. Whereas maybe what, one or 2% with PDF or other kinds of lead magnets, depending on how compelling the audience seems to feel that that might be. That's amazing. How long did it take you from start to finish? to create your quiz? Oh, it took four months, actually. Mm, it okay. was quite a lot. Since I went through it with the quiz lab, we did it from beginning and end. So there was just a lot of moving parts with it between the questions, the results, the tech behind it, figuring out the title, figuring out the tagline, like all of it. So it took a lot of time, but I felt like it was worth it at the end because it sounds like, like it. It's my one of my most favorite digital products I've ever created. So it's not something that you decide one day you're going to have And then the next day you slap it together and put it out there. It sounds like this is something that you need to spend your time. You've got to do that research first. You come up with your questions. You come up with your different categories for the different personalities. And that actually makes me think personality quiz. Is that the best type of quiz for coaches to create for their audience? 
I think so, because since you're a coach, you're working with different types of personalities and people like to know more about themselves, what they're good at, what not good at. And it's a natural drawing into your world. Mm -hmm. So I would say personality quizzes because who doesn't love a good quiz who reveals like something about you didn't know or wish mm -hmm. you knew about before? Good point. Is there anything else you think other coaches that are listening to this should know about creating a quiz for their audience? Just knowing that, yes, it takes time and effort, but it's so worth it at the end. You'll have a product that you love. The conversion rates are higher. You get to know your audience in a deeper level and that helps with doing the welcome nurture sequence and even your regular newsletter, how do you speak to your audience. And it's just fun overall. I think this is like an opt-in that's really enjoyable, which is important because sometimes business could get really in the day-to-day -day grind. Sometimes just having something fun, it makes it a little bit lighter. Love that. Awesome. Well, I could talk to you all day. I love this about quizzes. I've thought about having a quiz, but I just haven't taken the leap yet. So I'm going to go back and listen to this and take my notes again. And I really thank you for all this information. And I'm sure that our audience will want to know how they can take your quiz. Great question, Melissa. So my quiz is located at www.mindsetcoachmd.com slash quiz. And the title again is What is Your God-Given Entrepreneurial Gift? And with my quiz, just wanted to mention that God created us with unique gifts and talents, but we might not be aware of what they are. So as a mother and entrepreneur, sometimes we get lost in doing everything, supposed to be good at everything and don't have time for anything. We forget what we're naturally good at. So my quiz helps with unlocking the path that's right for you and showing you which one to lean into so you feel less overwhelmed and have a clearer path and what works well for when you navigate motherhood and entrepreneurship. So if this appeals for you, definitely take the quiz and let me know what your results are because I love hearing back from those who take the quiz. And I will put that link into the show notes. So if you weren't able to write it down real fast as Celia said it, that's fine. It will be in the show notes so you can always find it over there. Click over there and go over and take that quiz. What are other places that people might be able to find you? Are you on LinkedIn, Facebook? What are some other places that you might be found? I'm also on Instagram. So you can find me at winstagram.com slash mindsetcoachmd. And you can also email me if you like at celia at mindsetcoachmd.com as well. All of those links will be in the show notes. So listeners, you can go over to the show notes and find how to connect with Celia. Thank you so much, Celia, for being here. I really enjoyed our talk. Me too. And thank you so much for having me, Melissa. This has been great. And thank you listeners for tuning in to another episode of She's Got Content. Remember, you've got content and you've got an audience out there waiting to hear from you. So get your content out there. I hope you got at least one nugget to take action on this week. If you got value from today's episode, I would be so grateful when you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It only takes a second, and it really helps me get my message out to impact even more people so they can, in turn, keep the ripple going. If you want an endless supply of just-right ideas for content you can write about for your blog post, your emails, your videos, podcast episodes, all the content things, then you want to head over to my website at she'sgotcontent.com forward slash content and pick up your free workbook, Never Run Out of Content Ideas. Look for that link in the show notes today, along with the other links mentioned in today's episode. 
Until next time, content creators, you've got an audience waiting to hear from you and you've got content to share with them. Stop being the best kept secret and make a bigger impact when you've got content out there in the world.